Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a stuck-up customer gets what's coming to him. Our next Reddit post is from Eric with a C. We moved out of our apartment two months early. Since we couldn't get anyone to move in for just those two months, we were on the hook for the two months of rent, which was a fortune to poor college students. We were told by the on-site manager that we'd be responsible for the electricity bills in the apartment over the next two months, despite already doing our official move-out. No, they can't be changed back to the landlord's name. Fine, I'll pay the electric bills, but I'll make sure they're zero. So when I left, I turned off all the breakers. I still had the keys because we were supposed to mail them back to the property manager, at our expense, since I guess he lives far away and only comes into town at the beginning and end of each semester. A few days later, we realized we'd forgotten some items in the bathroom, and since the apartment was on my way to school, I decided to swing by and grab them before mailing the keys back. When I walked in, I was startled to find someone inside. It was the property owner with a box of tools looking very dirty. Apparently, the hallway lights weren't working, which is a violation of building safety codes, and he couldn't figure out why. The security system also seemed to be non-functional. It looked like something had tripped all the breakers, he said. I said, yeah, that something was me because the electric bill was still in our name. He pointed out that not powering the hallway light was a safety concern, and also that having the power off could ruin the refrigerator. I pointed out that I couldn't care less about the safety of an apartment that I didn't live in. I already had a signed move-out document saying all the appliances were in good shape, and also that him being there was technically a landlord violation since we were still paying rent and he hadn't given us notice that he'd be entering the apartment. We looked at each other for a few seconds. I was wondering if I was technically trespassing or not, since I'd already signed move-out documents. He was probably thinking about how much time he had wasted for something like 13 cents worth of electricity, and how he couldn't really stop me from simply dropping by any day after school to turn the breakers off again. Finally, he said that he'd take the electricity bill out of our name. I grabbed my loofah, left, and didn't hear anything about it ever again. Most importantly, I never paid another cent, except of course two months of rent, but small victories. Our next Reddit post is from Artificial Serotonin. I'm prefacing this story with the information that 1. My grandma has too much money. 2. My grandma has too much time. 3. My grandma has too much freezer space. And 4. My grandma is super petty. I have a cousin who's always wanted all sorts of interesting things for his birthday. Grandma loved that. Absolutely effing adored it. She gave me a blow-in-the-butt turtle ocarina once and I love it. That should explain her gifting style for you. Now, as my cousin grew up, he was less and less inclined to entertain my grandma's whimsical ideas and started requesting more mainstream presents. Grandma hated that and still found ways to make them whimsical. You want a guitar? Okay, but it'll have hippie wood-burning patterns on it. You want bed sheets? Sure thing, but they'll have tie-dye prints all over and be made of silk. If it was possible to make a gift whimsical, grandma would do it. We all knew this and started getting awfully specific in what we requested until one year my cousin threw his hands up and said, I don't know, just give me cold hard cash. Bad move. Very bad move. My grandma has chest freezers. The kind that are 4 feet deep, 4 feet across, and 12 feet long. Grandma also lives in a little foresty cottage plot, which means grandma has access to all sorts of gardening tools and tinkers. So grandma being grandma found a big bucket, a huge amount of little plastic seed bags, and got to work. My cousin, of course, was very excited to finally get a normal gift and was grinning at Grandma thinking he finally won the game. That is, until Grandma brought out a 2 foot by 2 foot by 2 foot squared ice cube full of cash. It wasn't frozen together either, oh no. 
Grandma had gotten creative and layered the frickin' ice gradually, freezing the cash solidly throughout the entire cube. This thing was icy white and dripping when she brought it into the room, and Grandma proudly announced that since he wanted cold, hard cash, she gave him exactly that. This madwoman froze the equivalent of $1,000 in the ice and mixed money. There were coins and dollar bills in little seed bags near the center of the ice cube. It took the block about a week to mill, because my cousin's birthday is in January and his mother refused to let it melt in the house for fear of water damage. So they put it in the garage where it slowly melted. Moral of the story, don't screw with grandma and her whimsical presence. Our next Reddit post is from Burn the Oil. I'm a bartender at a little hole in the wall watering hole with a very regular and very loyal customer base. I had last night off, so I met up with a friend at another bar for a few drinks and some food. After supper, we decide to walk to the bar I work at to cap off the evening. We get there, and there's a good energy going on. The music is a bit louder than usual, and there's maybe 10 patrons in the bar. We have this one customer who's extremely wealthy, and it's nothing for him to spend two to $400 a night multiple times a week buying everyone rounds. As such, he's treated like royalty around here. So I'm sitting there having a really good time, enjoying a beer, and decide that I want to add a song to the jukebox. I grab a $5 bill and walk over, only to notice 63 credits showing on the screen. No big deal, I think. I'll just put my $5 in, request a few songs, and leave the 63 credits untouched. But no! Our wealthy regular, let's call him Jack, sees me perusing the jukebox and comes up and physically pushes me away from it. I ask him what the F he's doing, and he says those are his credits. And no one's allowed to touch the jukebox until he's used them up. I point out that I have my own $5 and no intention of using any of his credits. Nope, not good enough. No one is allowed to touch it until he's done with them. I know it's not worth arguing, so I step back and he starts requesting songs till he's used up every single credit. Each song costs 2-5 to five credits, so he's put in a lot of songs. Each song gives you the option to pay an extra 2 credits to have your song played next, but I noticed that he wasn't using it. This particular brand of jukebox has an accompanying phone app. I didn't have it downloaded prior to last night, but I do now. I calmly sat down at my table with my friend and put my plan in motion. I go to the app store, find the app, download it, install it, create an account, and purchase $10 worth of credits. I request two songs and pay the extra two credits to fast track them. I sit there in quiet anticipation and I can see that Jack is starting to get into the groove with the music he requested, Vietnam Rock. His heart gloriously sinks when Bomb 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 by Sam the Womp comes on. No big deal, guys. His song must be next. Nope, it's Wannabe by the Spice Girls. He sits down, dejected. I quickly purchase another $20 in credits and request Baby by Justin Bieber, Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin, Axel F by Crazy Fog, and Foil by Weird Al Yankovic. And I fast track every single one of them. Partway through foil, I noticed Jack sulking in his chair, so I purchased another $20 in credits. I get Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, Who Let the Dogs Out by Baja Men, Numa Numa by Ozone, Pass Parlay Americano by Yolanda Be Cool, and Star Wars Cantina March by John Williams. They're starting to realize that something is up, so Jack and a few staff who were on last night convened at the jukebox to try to figure it out. At this point, the Cantina March is playing. They turn the jukebox off and then turn it back on again. Do 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 do. They turn it off, then back on. Do 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 do. Each time picking up where it left off. I can't hold my laughter, and I let out a muted chuckle. One of my coworkers catches on and comes over with her phone in her hand with the app open and shoves it in my face with a "How effing dare you!" Yada yada yada. 
I quietly get up, down my last mouthful of beer, put my jacket on, and walk out without a word. I walk down the street to the greasy spoon that our staff and customers are regulars at due to its proximity. I sit down, order a beer and a burger, and proceed to log back into the app. I purchase another $10 worth of credit and fast-track All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey and Mickey by Tony Basil as one last bite me to Jack. I can only imagine the fallout I'm going to face on Monday afternoon when I show up to work, but whatever. My $40 was no less valid than his, and no one customer gets to commandeer the tunes for the entire night and physically block anyone else from touching it. Our next Reddit post is from Ukraine Anarchy. A long, long time ago, in a city not far away, I had a terrible summer job. Right after high school, my friend and I were looking for practically anything to make money, and his older brother told us about a job he once had working for this guy washing windows. Now, this guy owns what appears to be a semi-legitimate business. He has a full shop and garage where he stores cleaning products, big fancy tubs that use sonic waves to wash blinds in a new and, at the time, working truck. He was also a hardcore penny pincher and bought the cheapest, worst insurance he could on that truck. Initially, when we got hired on, he would meet us at the shop at 7am, give us the work orders, and ride out with us for on-the-job training. After a couple of weeks, he would just leave the work orders in the office and then leave us to our own devices. Now, I want to preface this by saying that we weren't lazy. We got paid hourly like 9 bucks an hour, but we also got commissions based on the number of individual windows we cleaned in a day, plus how many windows required a ladder. They paid an extra 50 cents each. So if we knocked out 3-4 to four jobs in one day, we would take home approximately $14-15 to $15 an hour. Another important fact is that this was right after high school, so we were both 18, and for whatever reason, the boss didn't bother to ask or check our hiring paperwork to confirm this. Well, after a month or so, our boss finds this out, and it turns out that his insurance on his truck has a clause that anyone driving has to be at least 25 years old and have a clean driving record. Or his monthly payment triples. So he makes it very, very clear to us that we are not to drive the truck. And if he finds out we're doing it anyway, he'll fire us and dock any bonus pay from our final checks. Legally, he can do that because it's a bonus, not hourly. I need to emphasize the fact that he was so freaking delusional that he never paid attention to anything. So one day we come into the shop and see a stack of about 15 jobs. However, he didn't schedule anyone else except for the two of us that day. He never actually scheduled himself because he expected the shop to just run itself. Cue malicious compliance. He liked to micromanage, but simultaneously, he never picked up the phone if we called him. So, despite calling him numerous times to let him know we can't do anything, we just end up sitting in the shop and listening to the radio for most of the day. This was also only a year or two after smartphones came out, so things like streaming music and movies or playing games on your phone was essentially non-existent unless you had a spare $1,000 lying around to buy a fancy new iPhone too. Fast forward about 5 hours, and the boss calls one of us to ask how things are going, how many jobs we'd finished, and if we needed help to get anything completed. We explained that we'd been sitting at the shop all day waiting for him to come in so we could get started. Well, at this point he goes freaking ballistic and starts tearing us up one side and down the other about wasting his time and money and blah blah blah. Why didn't you call me? Who else is there? Has anyone finished any of the jobs? Needless to say, that was our last day there. But we threatened to report him if he didn't pay us for the time we sat in the shop that day. So we still got paid almost a full day's wages, and from what I heard within a year or so later, his shop folded, so win-win I guess. Our next Reddit post is from Chain. I was playing Uno the other night with my wife and brother. We've been playing for a few hours at this point and having an absolute blast. As most long Uno sessions go, there have been multiple alliances, all broken, reestablished, and betrayed yet again. 
In this particular round, my wife and brother were at each other's throats, just really doing everything they could to hurt each other. Insults were flying, and the sheer number of reverse cards that were played honestly defied physics. And there I was, caught in the crossfire. Two superpowers at war, and I'm the third world country caught in the middle. Then, the fateful moment happens. My wife slaps down a red four and triumphantly announces, Uno! My brother seethed. He could not allow her to win. It's my turn, and he looks at me and says, keep it red. Now, see, here's the problem. Before my wife Unoed, I'd been sitting on two skip cards for a while, and I was itching to play them. So when my brother indicated he was going to hurt her using red, all I heard was red. And I happened to have a red skip. So I slapped that card down so hard that the table quaked. Boys, the utter disbelief in both my wife and brother's faces is a look that I'll cherish until the day I die. It was in slow motion that my wife laid down her last card, which was a red seven. We laughed for a solid five minutes after that. That malicious compliance is still being muttered about at my house and in any group chat that contains me and my brother. It was a glorious day. 11 out of 10 would keep it red again. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra videos. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.